Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having a blessed day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed a wonderful episode of Getting to Know Cole, and it was, hopefully you guys enjoyed laughter, and it was just an, uh, it was just a great time to spend time, and uh, just reminiscing on the fun memories we had over the summer, and getting to, like, have you guys know who he is, and so it's interesting because in the big picture of things, that might be a small thing, and it kind of correlates it because we can be thankful for the smallest things in life. For instance, we can be faithful knowing that our water is going to work, you know, and that whatever whatever is going to transpire or happen, we still can be thankful and just be faithful as well. And so that's why I loved, as we're going to go dive into uh, 1 Corinthians all of today and um, just during this episode, we're going to take a deeper dive and figure out what it really means to be thankful for what we have. So with this in mind, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, O Lord. May you guide us and protect us, Lord, because you love us so much. that You sent your son to die on the cross. That's called being thankful. That's called being faithful for the plan that you have set before us. So may you guide us as we go out into this world. May you guide us as we go into this wonderful weekend and this beautiful Friday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now I would like to say happy Friday to everyone. And you guys made it another full week of December. I can't believe how fast time is going. But Luke chapter two verse uh, Luke chapter two verses eight through nine, we kind of went through Luke overall, and there's pretty much really nothing else to say but besides this. And there were shepherd shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, "Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news." Now, let's get into the big um, the big picture, which is 1 Corinthians, all of chapter 1. And I love how Paul just starts off with being thankful for what he has given and a blessing. And as we start off 1 Corinthians chapter 1, this devotion to you today is brought to you by Advent, a journey to Christmas. That again is uh, brought to you by Advent, a journey to Christmas. So, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verses 1, states, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. Boy, imagine saying that five or six times. <laughs> and <clears throat> to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, are called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he starts off in stating that we should be thankful and thanksgiving. And it states, verse 4, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. With all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God, 
thus conforming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm in the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And here's where it gets to the, the nitty-gritty. I appeal to you, O Lord. Or I, sorry, I'm trying to get excited. Verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, with, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly united in the mind that, and thought. My brothers and sisters, some of you, some of, uh, some from Cole's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, verse 12. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. And another, I follow, uh, Salpas. Still another, I follow Christ. Verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except um, Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Verse 16. Yes, I also baptized the households of Stephanus or Stephensness. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. Verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Verse, uh, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are uh, perishing, but to us who are being saved in it, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom, did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the, weaknesses, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, by human standards, by any means. Not, any, not many were influential. Not many, uh, not many were of noble worth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. 
God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lonely things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Verse 34. Therefore, as it is written, that let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Amen. And amen. And another, I think I just love this one too. The Echisalastes. Um, Man, I can't say that name to save my life. Uh, it's Echisalastes, verses, or chapter 9, all of chapter 9. And it states, you know, it's uh, this is also in the Old Testament, and it is fantastic. It states, so I reflected on all this end, or on all this, and concluded that the righteous and the wise... And what they are and what they do in God's hands. But no one knows whether love or hate awaits them. Verse 2. All share a common destiny. The righteous and the wicked. The good and the bad. The clean and the unclean. Those who offer sacrifice and those who do not. As it is as... Okay, I'm, okay I got to restart that as it is with the good, so with the sinful. As it is with those who take oaths, so with those who are afraid to take them. This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of O people, moreover, are full of evil. And there, are, and there is madness in their hearts while they live. And afterward... They join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. Verse 5. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. Verse 7. Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart. For God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all you meaningless days, all your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life, and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge, nor wisdom. And I absolutely love what verse 11 uh, just states about this. I have, I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift, or the battle 
to the strong, nor does food come to the wise, or wealth to the brilliant, or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net, or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Verse 13. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there were now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered the poor man. So I said, Wisdom is better than strength. But the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are no longer heeded. Verse 17. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And last but not least, we just have Colossians uh, chapter 3, verses 22 through 25. And I just love, love this part. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Amen. And amen. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism whatsoever. And that part I absolutely love. Now, of course, you know that slaves obey your earthly masters. Now, of course, that's, you know, out of context. Now, out of context, it means a lot. Because sometimes we can think of we're slaves to the, the government. We're slaves to our work. Now, whether you like it or not, we are. And what's cool, what's interesting about it is that we have to give our 100%. Not half-heartedly, not anything else. But we have to think, we have to put all of our time and energy, energy into it. So now, here's the big picture. Why did you go through all of, pretty much, all of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and, and Ecclesiastes chapter 9? And then last but not least, you touched base on uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 through 25. Well, it states, and here's what the big picture is. God loves to operate differently from the world's perspectives. He doesn't honor people for the same reasons the world honors them. He values faithfulness over flame or over famine and humanity over power. For on the night of his greatest miracle, instead of revealing its for, um, instead of revealing it first to kings or world leaders, 
God sent an angel to tell common shepherds, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, which we went over. It tells us that shepherds were living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. It's worth noting that these men were devoted workers living next to their sheep, and uh, sleeping next to their sheep, per se, and caring well for the, thing, for the things they'd been uh, entrusted to steward. The shepherds were of low social status, but they were faithful people, and God chose them to be the first recipients of the greatest news in history. Then they were the and they were at the front of the line to meet the Son of God in person. Now, if you're feeling unimportant or overlooked today, don't don't stop investing in what God has given you to do. Even if you feel your task is small, give it everything you've got. Don't be discouraged. God is looking for people who will be faithful with little so that he can entrust them with more. So whatever you've been assigned, whatever task you've been assigned or job you've uh, officially gotten or even a promotion, do it with all your might. God sees your diligence and rewards those who faithfully complete the task in front of them. And that is so hard for us to understand because so many of us, for instance, you know, uh, winter is around the corner. Actually, winter is here. And if your boss tells you to, you know, uh, go out in the elements and shovel the snow, well, you're probably not, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But one thing is do it full, do it like wholeheartedly, do it with all your faith and do a good job about it. Because from there, you get to just interact and you get to like um, make a change and impact. And even the smallest job, like such as cleaning the toilets or uh, cleaning the latrines, impact someone. I don't know what way. I'm still trying to figure out um, how cleaning toilets impact, but I'm sure there is a way. But whatever small task you are given, whatever job you are assigned, give it wholeheartedly. Because people will see it and God sees it no matter what. And he sees you and he will reward you of your hard work and it will pay off. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Help us to be faithful in everything we do and give us the energy to do it well. Because you are a sovereign God. You are a merciful Father. So may you guide us and protect us as we go along the day. As we go into this weekend and in whatever jobs we are assigned, Lord, give us the strength to persevere through it and allow us to bring joy and comfort through it. Lord, may you guide us and just continue to bless us with the wonderful love that and promise that you have given us. Help us to be thankful for the littlest things in life, which is water, air, and help us to remember to be truly thankful during this time of season, how you blessed the world by sending your son to die on the cross and to be born, Lord. So may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when we cross that finish, when we cross that finish line, O oh Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well I hope you guys have a blessed day and again you made it through the week and remember God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.